0: Elizabeth West, author of African Spirituality and Black Women's Fiction, Threaded Visions of Memory, Community, Nature, and Being, published by Lexington Books in 2011, is this week's featured author on New Books in African American Studies, the interview series where writers of African American life, arts, culture, and sciences discuss their new books. I'm your host, Vershawn Young, And I enjoyed learning all about the African spirituality in the works of the late 18th century poet Phyllis Wheatley all the way through the works of Zora Neale Hurston during the Harlem Renaissance and beyond. I'm sure you'll enjoy this lively exchange with Elizabeth West as well. Listen in.
1: Hello, Elizabeth.
2: Hello, Rishon. It's good to be talking to you today.
1: Thank you, and welcome to New Books in African American Studies. Today, we're speaking with Elizabeth J. West, and she's the author of African Spirituality in Black Women's Fiction, Threaded Visions of Memory, Community, Nature, and Being, published by Lexington Books in 2011. Elizabeth's book examines African spirituality and black women's writing from Phyllis Wheatley to Zora Neale Hurston, and in between these two authors' texts, she includes the study of such authors as Harriet Wilson and Elizabeth Keckley in what is called their novelized autobiographies. We're so delighted to have Elizabeth on the show today. Elizabeth, can you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself
2: well, I'm um I'm currently at Georgia State University as an associate professor where I've been um uh for for a while uh 11 years now. And um I um I'm a kind of uh uh a uh you know, a dual um uh, rooted person in terms of of uh experience. I'm I've been in academia uh, probably half of my professional life and, uh, came there from, uh, um, private industry where I spent as many years. So I, um, in, in this half of my professional life, I'm having the opportunity to, uh, to get paid to, to pursue the kind of questions I had when I, you know, when I worked in private industry and didn't have that kind of time.
1: And can you tell us what brought you to write African spirituality and black women's fiction?
2: Well, to 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 answer that question, I'm 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 going to borrow from a book talk that I um I I gave um uh last month at the Auburn Library here in Atlanta. Uh and uh you know, a, as academics do, I, I I felt like I had to have a title to uh give me some direction and, and I called that book talk um Yes the personal is political and intellectual as well. And and, and I came up with that title because I, I wanted to in that talk and, and because I knew people would have, you know, uh, that kind of question, I wanted to talk about uh the origins of, of this project. Um, you know, so many times we want to talk about what we do in academia as if it is clearly disconnected from, you know, who we are personally, what our you know, our, our personal orientation is. And I I think it's useful though to you know, to, to, to counter that 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 paradigm or that myth uh, because we're all informed by, you know, by by the personal, by our own experiences and our own lens,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and so the book uh, project, you know, came about as 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 you know my interest in African American literature as a student, and in particular early African American literature, where class after class and conference after conferences later. Uh, where I would read and hear people talk about early black uh uh fiction uh or you know creative writing uh and talk about the issue of uh, or the matter of, of uh religion and spirituality in a way that suggested that um Africans in the New World in terms of their religious orientation um, you know, that it began for them once they, you know, put uh, uh, foot on uh, the shores in the New World. You know, this kind of suggestion that Christianity became the beginning, well, was the beginning of uh, African-American spirituality. And I knew from my own personal kinds of experiences that, uh there were all kinds of contradictions that i noticed as 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 a child growing up in 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 the black church um you know you get this um you know, you get this understanding, uh, clear understanding of, of, of you know, what what constitutes Christianity. Uh uh, you, you get that in, in writing and you know, and in all the doctrine, but then you you know, you attend church and you see things going on that don't quite uh uh fit into this paradigm of Western uh uh Christianity. And and you know, what I realize is that black people live this duality um and for the most part don't question it but just accept it and as you know so as 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 i you know studied and read and wrote more about early african american uh works and in particular women's works uh i just I, I i became struck by certain threads that i i felt were evident uh you know throughout these works and i saw them eventually as tying to a kind of spiritual origins, and that origin uh, uh, extending across the Atlantic to continental Africa.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. Let's jump right into that that topic, because uh, you cite other uh, authors, uh, other scholars who have um, um, noticed a connection, a spiritual connection uh, in black women's fiction. One such critic is Anne Dahlke. And Doc. Uh-huh. And but you're taking the study farther back than um Doc does in her work, right?
2: Yes, yes. And a different perspective because her her work is um uh you know, it's briefer in terms of, of its 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 look and it's also uh, more of a uh, of a sociological kind of look you know whereas mine is you know extends um uh to the literary tradition
1: and one passage that you cite from uh, her work cites familiar authors to i uh, suppose uh our listeners um Toni Morrison's Beloved Alice Walker's The Color Purple Toni uh K. The Salt Eaters um, and one work that that you do deal with in your book, which is um, Zora Neale Hurston's "Their Eyes Were Watching God," can you talk a little bit first about the African uh, spirituality that's present in contemporary Black women's fiction?
2: Um, well, what what I see in contemporary, in fact, is what what inspired me to do this work and to look back to to the early works uh because in reading um the works of of authors such as as Toni um you know uh Tony Morrison and and uh, Gloria Naylor uh for instance I saw these you know I saw these these um these again these threads that that were consistent in these works and and and, and particularly uh, for instance, the central place of of memory in you know in these works um, and in fact if if you know if you looked at uh if you just you know went to to any kind of you know online search engine for Toni Morrison, you would just be flooded with scholarship uh, that looks at at memory in 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 morrison's work um so scholars recognize the importance of 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 memory uh remembering. Uh, in the works of of Toni Morrison, uh, and 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 in particular, for instance, if you think about uh, *Beloved*, uh, to make uh, Sethe whole and healthy again, it is a process of community memorying that uh, remembering that must take place, and that that that's this ritual that that happens at the end. Mm-hmm. And and this is you know this is more than, you know, just, um, you know, a kind of isolated, um, uh, you know, practice that, that Morrison captures here. You know, it, it in fact, again, represents the central place of memory and community in the spiritual sensibilities of, of Africans, uh, you know, in the New World and, uh, and on, on the continent, And so it was, you know, in the reading of these contemporary works and the scholarship on these works uh, that inspired me to, you know, to look at the earlier works because my, um, you know, my focus is uh, uh, for the, you know, the greater part of my work is uh, focuses on early African-American writers. And what disturbed me so often was how these early writers were dismissed um uh you know in terms of, of of their uh connections to um a a kind of african origin uh uh scholars typically just uh dismissed them the uh, them as as you know these kind of of uh, uh mocking birds uh, uh for uh new world christianity uh you know with the implication that they you know, they looked away from Africa. You know, both deliberately, uh, you know, and unconsciously. And I kept seeing these resonances of, you know, of Morrison and, you know, and, um, you know, and and Naylor and Walker uh, in these early works. And uh, this is the, you know, what inspired me uh, to make the connection to to do more than just to. Look at how we see this in these contemporary works,
3: uh, and, and
2: again, with with a kind of suggestion that it's only through this kind of conscious, creative, um, uh, uh, you know, machination of of, of African uh, female writers in the 20th and twenty first century that we see this. That it it just kind of spontaneously generates. And my position was, no, these women in the 20th century, 21st century, they are capturing something that is inherent in the culture of African people in the New World. Um, you know, something that you might even call a, a, a cultural um, or historical DNA even. You know, something that was there and transferred over early, with, you know, uh, initially with African people. And that you can see this then in the early works, particularly of African American women.
1: And in fact, your book... Um does something that every skillful researcher (laughs) needs to do, you went back to the beginning in order to uh, look at the works of Phyllis Wheatley, um, who uh, your book says uh, critics subjected to that claim of a kind of disconnection from um, uh, Africa, but you um, reclaimed the African spirituality in her work. Can you talk about that first chapter, uh, I'm sorry, that second chapter about Phyllis Wheatley?
2: Um. Yes, this this actually was uh, represents a kind of um, awakening, intellectual awakening of of my own, because as a student, when I first encountered Wheatley, I um I I, I for the most part appropriated the you know the kind of standard uh, reactions that that students and scholars have had to her work and and that is to to give it this surface reading uh and see it as merely, you know, this 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 young, you know, african woman brought here as a slave and uh brainwashed early and could only see, see the world through the, you know, the white puritanical lens of her masters. Um and at some point and i, I you know, i think it was probably when i was in in graduate school I revisited uh, Wheatley and started to consider more seriously, um, you know, the milieu in which Wheatley uh, is writing. Uh And it just started to occur to me that this, this was a young woman who was just exceptional. She was clever. She was shrewd. Um And that she was doing what you know what so many black writers would do after her uh, and that is you to to couch you know to couch meaning to couch resistance in what seems to be the you know a language of acquiescence-
1: mm-hmm. Can you give us a specific example of when you think she she does that um in in one of her uh, poetry perhaps uh, in one of her poems perhaps in uh, uh, on being brought from Africa to America
2: yeah that is in in fact that's the poem that I teach uh, most often in uh, in both American and african-american literature classes because students tend to read it and 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 just you know have knee-jerk reactions to it and again that's because if you if you read it just on the surface it does seem to be, you, you know, uh, a, a, a just, you know, uh, incredibly self-denigrating poem. But when you read the poem and you consider the the, the images, um, uh, the symbols at play, and it's such a brief poem, too, which is which makes it so much more remarkable. Uh, you really begin then to appreciate Wheatley's genius uh because it's um if i remember right it's it's like an eight line poem and in that short poem uh she kind of has you on the hook until she gets you to the to the last two lines and and by on the hook i mean she seems to in the first in the first lines of the poem she seems to be playing to you know the kind of standard Um, uh, white rhetoric of of African uh, primitism, uh, uh, you know, and subhumanity uh, in those first few lines, you know, in which she describes, um, uh, you know, being uh, brought from a pagan land and, uh, you know, uh, coming to understand uh, God, you know, through um, uh, being, you know, brought to America uh, and so in those first few lines there seems to just be again this incredible uh giving over of her humanity but the twist comes in the last two lines um uh and that is, and you have to look carefully at the italics as well as the language itself you know that that the in the last two lines She begins with the word remember, uh, almost in a command kind of tone. You know, the the very tone of the poem itself shifts when she gets to that second to the last line. And in that uh, uh, second to the last line, she takes us to the biblical Cain. And, and, you know, Cain is used in, in, you know, in Western uh, religious um. Uh, uh rhetoric at this time to uh justify the enslavement of of Africans mm-hmm. you know and that that is this interpretation of of Cain as you know after having sinned uh being marked by God um uh you know and um uh you know being you know being written off and uh, this was the often used um uh explanation for african uh enslavement you know enslavement in the new world and so much so that oftentimes blacks themselves would recite this uh as you know as the reading of of genesis but but what Wheatley makes evident in this point is that while she has heard this story as it's been told to her um that she, in fact, has gone to the source that you know the, the the text itself and that and read it in in its entirety and understands that while Cain was yes you know first damned by God in the end, not only did God redeem Cain but promised cain you know uh uh you know protection
3: hmm.
2: um, you know in in you know in the ages to come and and so it's It's Wheatley's way, then, of saying uh, the African, in terms of redemption, is no different than anyone else.
3: Mm -hmm. You
2: know, he, you know, he sins, but God, you know, uh, uh, God looks at him uh you know um uh, rejects him at some point but that you know god is forgi- god is forgiving and redemptive and that this is the story of Cain and thus the story of Africans uh as well
1: wow incisive analysis excellent um your overall the, the book deals with what we call you know literary works uh in terms of uh Wheatley's poetry um, and novels, short stories, etc. But in in the chapter that follows your discussion of Wheatley, you deal with um, rhetorical works. You deal with um, preachers. Uh, can you tell us about um, that choice and why that's important at this time period?
2: i think I think to to go to these early black women um, uh, you know preachers and religious figures uh, is central in a discussion of African American women's writing, whether you know, creative or nonfiction. Uh, because they represent um uh you know a kind of uh, uh, uh beginnings uh origins uh for both um for both areas of african american women 's writing um you you get the emergence of um african american women 's fiction around the you know the middle of the nineteenth century uh but before then you have an abundance of you know of 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 work of writings um, by uh, uh, nonfiction writings by African American women, and what you see exemplified in these works, and you know in the terms of the kinds of symbols and images and tropes and voice, uh, you know that they will appropriate these. These are then you know transformed into. Um, you know, into the literary fiction as well. So Mm -hmm, mm I think it's central to begin with um, you know, with these nonfiction writers.
1: Now one of the most um, familiar to to probably our listeners is Mariah Stewart, but you deal with Rebecca Cox, uh, Jorena Lee. Um, How do they compare uh, to um, Stewart? I
2: I think think in in my mind they um I see them as more revealing um in, in in terms of the the kind of obvious connections you can draw in their work uh to um an African spiritual origins. Um Stewart is tied to um you know tied to the um uh the early black church um in a way that i i, I think is is um, is is uh, represents a greater struggle for her than than i think um uh Lee and jackson even and so Stewart's works oftentimes i think uh resonate more with a kind of of church patriarchal um uh rooting than um you know than the works of lee and jackson mm-hmm. but 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 you know in spite of that in 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 you know among the three i you know as I talk about in the book there are still these these kind of obvious um, uh you know presumptions in their not only in their work but in in the very assertion of themselves uh you know putting themselves out there as the spiritual figures um that come out of uh, of again um and uh you know an african sense of of um uh you know divine inspiration and that is that women um are Natural and 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 oftentimes um, uh, the choice vessels of 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 the divine, you know, in terms of 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 conveying, um, you know, uh, uh, spiritual, you know, messages. Um, and so, with um, with Lee and you know, with Lee and Jackson in in their works, though, um, I think you see more though of, of very specific kinds of uh, connections to um, African spiritual sensibilities you know things like um, uh, nature you know the 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 connection of nature and God you know and how uh, nature plays into spiritual revelations
1: before we move on to the mid To late 19th century writers that you talk about in this book, uh, I want to slow down here to ask a question about the um, elements of spirituality or African spirituality that you uh, codify in the book that a reader could discern uh, in these works. You've already referenced um, the role of memory, but there are others that you uh, cite that are... um, inherent to African uh, spirituality.
2: Uh, Yeah. Memory, uh, memory I start with as, 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 you know, kind of central and, um, and I, uh, I, I talk about how we, uh, you know, how we again see that in pre uh, middle passage experience uh, among African people, Uh, memory, um, community, uh, community uh, again is this this other element of of Africana culture uh, to the present that you know that 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 we see pervasive uh, uh, you know in the culture of African people and and again, so much so that we see it in um in scholarship on African works as as a, a, a prevailing topic. Um, so memory, community, and then the matter of of nature and and that is um uh nature both an, animate and inanimate, and how that um you know how that then informs uh you know an African sensibility. Uh, about the spiritual, uh, that 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 again very much contrasts Christianity, uh, in which there's this presumption that you, you know it, it it's this it, it, the religion is is this relationship between God and man, uh, whereas a more um, African rooted sensibility sees God, uh, you know, uh, in in all of our existence, animate and inanimate uh so again that it is the, center, the sense of nature um as very much a part of human spiritual experience and then uh finally this this belief in the interconnectedness the interconnectedness of worldly and otherworldly beings um and um that is the sense that among african uh 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 people that the living uh the fortunes of the living are very much tied to uh the um the other world. Uh and so that and you see that and, and that's how you see this kind of interplay of these other concepts as well because you know other world uh meaning uh the ancestors who, you know, who have passed and and that ties to the sense of of memory so that it becomes central to the culture uh, that uh, memory uh, always must play a part of the spiritual. The ancestors must be remembered. That is how, you know, that is how you get, um, uh, uh, you know, the the blessings uh, uh, in in your life in the carnal world.
1: I have another question for you um, that struck me after I... uh, Finished reading the book, and um, and that is about the comparison or the contrast uh, between the um, antebellum uh, women writers that you uh, study and the postbellum writers. Is there a difference between uh, uh, in the way in which they represent and feature African spirituality?
2: I, yeah I think the you know what we find in in um in the antebellum uh writings is this um, is this kind of giving over of all that is african uh to um a western assessment of of race um particularly africanity. So what we see in these works, um, uh, you know, at least ostensibly, uh, is this rejection, uh, in, you know, rejection of of, of of all that is connected to, uh, you know, to an African past. So so Christianity is is appropriated because it is then associated with uh, civilization uh and and with uh you know and with you know humanity uh or or you know um, human existence that that is of any worth uh and so in these in these antebellum writings you see uh you see women writers uh you know who if they address uh, uh, uh An evident african presence in you know uh in their works um they will uh, they will deal with it in the work in a way uh again that resonates with the kind of western sensibility uh about um you know blackness and africanity associated with a kind of subhum, you know subhumanity
1: do you think that there is a um, um, more significant presence in the more autobiographical works, such as Keckley's memoir or uh, Wilson's um, R. Nig* or Harriet Jacobs' Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, as opposed to, let's say, the, the not too far off, but uh, latter works of uh, Harper's Iola Leroy um, or Hopkins' Contending Forces?
2: Uh, I think I think it is it is much more um, prevalent in the later works, uh, the later nineteenth century works, um, uh, Harper and Hopkins in particular. Um, and um, uh, it, you know, when we get to Harper and and Hopkins, we we you know we aren't at that point again where African women writers are willing to see Africa as as you know as worthy uh you know as 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 you know as human um uh, uh but they um but they they are willing to you know connect to and you know in 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 you know subtle kind of ways um you know connect Africans uh, uh uh in the New World more clearly to uh an African past. Um and um and, and in in particular in Hopkins, I think I think Hopkins um uh is uh in uh contending forces is one of those works that 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 i think most humorously um uh make the point I, that, I think i have most uh uh most fun when i when i i think about that chapter and and when i teach um uh teaching um uh you know teaching uh contending forces because uh, Hopkins really uh, starts to kind of, uh, you see this kind of subversiveness at play in, in Hopkins' uh, work in, in terms of challenging this notion that Western Christianity uh, represents this kind of authoritative and final voice on, you know, on real or true Christianity.
1: hmm now, do you mind if I ask you a somewhat uh, possibly contentious question about one of your Harlem Renaissance authors, Jessie Fawcett? Uh-huh.
2: No, not
3: at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm wondering, and I was wondering as I, as I read the book and I have in the margins around pages 130 through 137, where you're discussing Fawcett's, um, There is Confusion, and the her uh protagonist Joanna, and I'm wondering if your reading if you would say that your reading is one that Fawcett herself would agree with, not that it not that it not that that means that it's wrong, and that's not what I'm suggesting. I mean in terms of bringing out the African spirituality in the text. Yeah,
2: no, a- absolutely and, and and actually I think your 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 question is is so important for for just that reason uh and and that is to uh not give the impression that that you know in this book I'm trying to suggest the uh that there is some kind of uh continued uh conscious thread at play because this is I think what is most exciting about um the read of these works that I'm giving and that is that these are things at play in um these you know these concepts and paradigms of Africanity are at play in these works whether the authors meant them or not. Mm. And in most cases, uh uh I think with the exception of uh of um Hurston, in fact I think you could probably argue that they didn't mean
1: to. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. And what about i'm gonna ask you about how the ending of uh Larsen's Larson's quicksand uh coheres with um uh i'm- I'm struggling to formulate this question because it just <laughs> it just came to me actually um coheres with um a, a spiritual presence in the in the novel. It seems that critics would argue that um, uh, the mm, what's the word for it the um, lack of a lack of vision or, um, or the seeming future for um, Angela in this text at the end of the text at least. Um, <sighs> Is demoralizing in some ways.
2: Uh it is. And and and, and in fact that's um, that's the point I'm getting at in in that um you know, in that look at, at Larson's text. Um and and the the emphasis on, on Larson's text in in fact is not to make the case of uh of you know African spirituality at work in in her her texts, but actually to demonstrate this you know this this clear rejection of Christianity that becomes prevalent in um, Harlem Renaissance women's writings. You know it, there's there's this, uh, uh, you know what quicksand gives us in, in terms of Christianity. I think is without a doubt uh, a rejection uh uh Christianity can't save it does not save the protagonist and in and and, and and you know in what is suggested in the title itself, Quicksand uh-huh, uh-huh. uh uh this is this is tantamount to what Christianity does to the heroine. Uh it just sucks her in and sucks the very life out of her. Uh but the, the emphasis is though that what what happens in Larson's text though is while she you know while she rejects the 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 text does not play to um you know this kind of uh, 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 typical representation of of christianity um as an awakening and concurrent with the the um you know the awakening of the, of of the protagonist um that rather than that um uh, again, Christianity doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't function uh, alongside of of a kind of narrative of awakening.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: That, uh, but but what Larson does alternatively is that she suggests then that yes, we can still see these elements of Africanity in African people in the New World. But the the importance of, of quicksand in that respect, though, is that she su- what she suggests is that a uh, 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 a kind of hope of looking to Africa as salvation or redemption or enlightenment is futile as well.
1: Right, right. You know what? Thank you for that clarification. Um, thank you so much. That's that's really important to how I'm. Um, Understanding of what i read i I think I probably um missed uh, that point because I was focusing on what seemed to be a um suggested transformation uh in that text uh uh in uh, angela's life but but you just clarified it for me, so thank you. Would you mind uh reading a passage for us
2: uh certainly um i I, I think what i'll I'll do is go to um the section on uh, on Hurston uh, and i'll i'll read the section uh, from the section that looks at uh, Hurston's novel um, Jonas Mm Gordine, and uh, it's um it's i'll 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 try to shorten it but i i want to give enough of it to give a a a sense of the argument um, that i'm making here because i think with this Uh, passage, it it helps to give a real sense of, you know, where uh, the the book takes us uh, at the end. Uh, So I'll begin on page 154. John is a big voice. He is divinely inspired. While he does not realize his gift until he reaches manhood, his almost mystical return to his homeland hints at the destiny that awaits him. Not long after John's arrival, he battles a fearsome snake that lurks along a path frequently traveled by Lucy and others in the community. John's encounter with the serpent that strikes fear in the community portends his spiritual greatness. Lucy describes the snake as cunning and frightening. She tells John, quote, He got a hole back under the bank where you can see him, but you can't get him, though. Though you was down in the branch, he lay all round there on the ground and even on the foot log. But when he sees somebody coming, he go in his hole all ready for uh, for you and lay there and dare you to bother him. When John kills this dreaded creature, Lucy is ecstatic. Ooh, John, I'm so glad you killed that old devil he been right there scaring folks since before I was born. Lucy's paradoxical awe and fear of the snake symbolizes its dual legacy in African-American culture. Her awe of the snake reminds us of its place of reverence in traditional African societies. Her view of the snake as demonic represents the influence of Christianity's representation of the snake in the Garden of Eden. With its transformed image as demon in African American culture, the human who has power over the snake is then considered one who holds supernatural ability. John's triumph over the snake seems to suggest that he is divinely empowered. But if we consider Lucy's description of the snake, perhaps John's conquest is more accurately read as the signal of his ultimate doom." Mm -hmm. While Lucy tells John that the snake strikes fear in all of the community, she reports that he retreats when others approach, daring them to disturb his ground. According to Lucy, the snake predates her. He is legendary. Though she reports that the snake is threatening, she does not indicate that the snake has ever harmed anyone. The community has lived in a long-standing truce with the snake. They fear and revere it, but they accept its place among them. The snake comes among them, but they know that they are not allowed in the snake's refuge. John disturbs this balance with his aggressive pursuit and slaying of the creature. He has broken the cycle. And while Lucy celebrates his momentary victory, John ultimately cannot find peace or balance in
1: his life. Mm. Very important uh, uh, section, can you uh, tell us how you imagine your book being um, taught, what kinds of courses and um, uh, and what kind of uh, uh, curriculum setting
2: um i I see it as um, uh, a book most useful in upper division and and graduate level. Uh, uh, courses um, uh, that uh, you know have a particular emphasis in um, uh, let's say women's literature African American literature um, literature and religion you know literature and and, and spirituality
1: oh nice and what are you working on now
2: I um, I am I have this this long standing interest in uh Ethiopianism in early uh African American writings. Uh and so I'm beginning to uh uh to kind of outline um uh, a study um uh that will look at um uh this what what really becomes this 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 um tradition of of um you know of Ethiopianism uh, in, you know, nonfiction as well as uh, fiction in, in early African-American works.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth West, for joining us on New Books in African-American Studies.
2: Thank you. I enjoyed it.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this discussion with Elizabeth West about her new provocative book, African Spirituality and Black Women's Fiction, Threaded Visions of Memory, Community, Nature, and Being, Published by Lexington Books in 2011. Even if you are not an African American literary critic or cultural critic, if you are an everyday reader, I'm sure you will enjoy this book as well. It's quite informative. Get your copy today.